Welcome to the Gold Sport Legends Lounge on the Country Sport Breakfast. Well, across the course of the year, we spoke to some uh, amazing legends. And we're going to start with football ferns legend, Maya Jackman, who joined us the day of the FIFA World Cup getting underway in Auckland. But that morning, she turned into our very own on-the-spot news journalist. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty scary, actually. There's, um, there's a, sh- a shooter, a shooting that's happened. So they're in commercial bay, lots of police, lots of helicopters. Um, so they've pushed us to the back of the to the cloud where we are, and um, we're just trying to keep sane. <laughs> wow. um, but yeah, it's, um, it's pretty scary, and I'm not sure if it's World Cup related, but... Um, I guess this is, but you know, if it is, this is the t- this is how big this tournament is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, lots, lots of security and lots of um, kind of uncertainty, but we seem to be safe at the moment, which is good. Football Ferns legend Maya Jackman. Yeah, sadly there was loss of life in that uh, incident, but it wasn't football related. We turn our attention to rugby in the course of uh, Legends Lounge and uh, caught up with Josh Cronfield, Otago great. All black, great, and he spoke about the start of his career when he first played in the back line. Oh yeah, just just at the start. I mean, I think um, I mean I, I didn't have a clue really, and and when I first started, it was more a matter of I there wasn't um, a team in my age group with all my mates, and so um, I knew where the, the older boys were, and I and I, I ran across Hastings to the other the other <laughs> field where they were doing the. Select, you know, doing the tryouts and stuff, and they says, "Oh, you're a bit small." And I says, "I'm," oh. and I remember watching. Um, I think it might have been Dave Loveridge or someone like that. And I says, and I and I knew halfbacks were small, and so I just said, "Oh, I'm a halfback," <laughs> and I'd never played any rugby, so I started a halfback, and then graduated further out the line. But then one of the coaches said to me one time, he goes, "No, nah, no, nah, you're a forward, mate, because you can't stay out in the backs. Just keep going and getting the ball." And so. The fetching side of things started pretty early, I guess. And in the course of our conversation, Josh Cronfield uh, touched on his rise through the ranks in Otago footy. Yeah, look, it wasn't quite as uh, clear-cut as that. Like, um, I spent a whole of 92 that, that season. Um, Gordon Hunter gave me a call, and he said, um, look, lad, I want you to come down to training, and I don't know what that means, but you're going to come down to training. And so... I pretty much trained the whole year of 92 and got one game for Otago and and one game for uh, President's 15 against the university. And, um, and that was enough to, to, to get me my start in 93. And we did the sevens at the start. And I think the sevens maybe is what catapulted me into the opportunity to, to, to be in... Because they had Super Rugby in, in those days as well. Yes. That was Super 8. Super 8 in those days. And um, Tiger were involved in that, and um, I missed out the first game, and they brought me on right at the end, and um, for Brent Pope, who hadn't had the greatest game, he'd come back from Ireland, and and Gordon said to me afterwards, "Well, I got that wrong, lad. I should have started you." And um, you know, I think I came on, and we, I scored a couple of tries, and we we got twenty points in the last sort of. Uh, 15, 20 minutes, and so that was the last time that I had anyone play ahead of me and kind of managed to cement my spot. And then a couple of years of beavering away with with uh, with the Otago side and and performing, and then uh, got a little whisper in my ear that if I had another good 
good season uh, that that the the All Black honours might be be something that I could uh, have a, uh, a preview of. And the rest, they say, is history there. Josh Cronfield joined us in our Legends Lounge here on Gold Sport and the Country Sport Breakfast, looking back at some of the legends that we caught up with during the era more recently, surf life-saving legend Corey Hutchings. And he told a great story about his struggles to find sponsors early on in his career. So he approached Jurex. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard that one for a while. Um, yeah, I, I was sponsored with Jurex. It was a funny thing because way back then, um, AIDS was quite a big thing globally, and um, Jurex were doing a promotion promoting themselves as lifesavers, really. They were saying, you know, we're, we're helping save lives with safe sex and da da da. And so um, my manager went to them and said, well, how about Corey's a lifesaver as well? <laughs> <laughs> so they made the sponsorship work and, uh, yeah, I had a bloody Jerick sticker on my boat. And funny enough, it worked out too well because I ended up with five kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask you, how many children have you got? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's five, that's five that I know about. So I'm not sure... Um, I'm not sure how you get sponsored by Jerry's and have five kids, but anyway. Um, uh, anyway, kids, no, it was, it was good. It was good. Have the kids followed, your children followed in your footsteps? Um, not a lot. I mean, not really. None of them are doing surf life saving. Um, they all do different things. My oldest boy is a um, very good surfer. Um, he sort of does the World Surf League stuff. He's sort of ranked in the, I think, 33rd or 34th in the world with the surf, with the World Qualifying Series. And, um, I've got a 16-year-old boy that's right into rugby league in Australia. So, like, there's there's a few different, you know, they go on their different directions, don't they? You know, and mm-hmm. it's um, it's really not any pressure. And I, I can understand that, like, with parents that have been at an elite level in sport, it is probably quite a lot of pressure for their kids to come into that same sport. Um, yeah. So you know, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I've, they they're good kids and they enjoy what they do, and that's you know, I'm grateful for that. Surf life-saving legend Corey Hutchings. It's a great story, that one. And then we turn to, to boxing. Shane, the mountain warrior Cameron, he joined us in the Legends Lounge this year, famous for that fight against David Tour. And he talked to me about how that came about. Yeah, well, it's it's an interesting sport, the old the old, the old boxing. You know, like you, you, you say something, you know, you, you call him out. I knew it was never, never going to happen for any time soon. And, um, or if it was going to happen, you know, uh, then I just carried on and did my thing. And then I went from when I, I remember when I first called him out, I was in Christchurch and I was only a pup, you know, and then, um, but, um, you know, like, uh, and then, you know, I wasn't ranked or anything like that. And then I got as ranked as high as number six. That would have been probably many years later. And then, um, you know, I called David out, uh, when I wasn't ranked or I was nobody. And then all of a sudden I was, I, I was ranked number eight everywhere in the world. At the time, and then uh, the Sunday papers, as he's calling me out. So it was, it was more the fact that when I called him out, he I didn't he didn't need me because I was a nobody. You know, I needed him to to, to boost, boost my profile and, and and maybe just get a shot one day. Uh, and at the time, then he went through all that problems with with Kevin Bear and and and, and Co. So uh, and then all of a sudden, I'm uh, ranked number eight in the world as a heavyweight. He needs me more than I needed him at that time. And I'm like, oh, shit, I don't really need this fight because, you know, I was only a couple of fights away from the world title. But, uh, you know, man of my word, and, 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 uh, and I, I took the fight. So, um, and it didn't go well for me that night. <laughs> <laughs> Shane Cameron. And we also talked about the fight or the fight at Atmosphere Creek. What did he remember of it? Ooh. Yeah, it was for, for for back then. Yes, yes, it was. Um, 
um, yeah, just, just you know, it's just just one of those one of, one of those nights. You know, it's uh, yeah. it's amazing. I, I did a video. I did a video just commending David on his. You know, 14 years later, I haven't watched the fight. I watched the fight last week for the very first time. Um, really? Yeah, for the very first time, I watched it, and I, I just thought in my head, is that all I did? Is that all I did? And like just moving around and. <clears throat> And then he just caught me early. I just never recovered, you know. And I've been caught by some heavyweights in my, in my time, but like um, I sort of knew what was happening. But but when he caught me, I just I didn't know didn't know anything. It wasn't until I watched the replay, I'm thinking, oh, that's what I did. <laughs> so um, yeah, I commended David, and you know, just put it on social, and just as we do, we we, 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 we sort of get on get on now, you know. We didn't at the time, you know, it was uh, was yeah. promoted as strictly business, but then it got personal and. And then, um, yeah, but hey, this, we're not playing marbles here, mate. This is like, you know, it's just uh, the sport of boxing can be. You, you, you say things in the heat of the moment, and that's just, that's just bloody life, mate. Probably a bit too late now to go back for a rematch, really, isn't it, mate? Oh, mate, oh hey, hey, well, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm sure he's ready, too. <laughs> let's go back to where it all began for you. Why did you choose boxing? How did that come about? Oh, I fell into it, mate. I fell into it. My, my grandfather used to box um, in Wellington in, late, in the late 1920s. And I was always in, uh, inspired by listening to his boxing stories. And I was a farm boy. I left school um, officially at 15. And, and I worked on three big sheep and cattle stations up in Gisborne. And um, uh, I went to England for my OE when I was 19. And then um, not thinking I was going to do any boxing or anything, I went there to, to, to drink and have a good time. And then I was only going to be there for six months and then come home and carry on farming, being a shepherd and riding a horse to work. That was what I did. That's what I loved. And that's all I wanted to do. And I was watching some boxing on TV in England. And I'm going, I want to give this sport a go. So within three days, I found a boxing club and I trained my ass off for three months. And then I had to have my very amateur fight, first fight, uh, the week of my 20th birthday. And then it all went from there. Within a year and a half, I was ranked number three. And then Two more years after that, I won a bronze at the Commonwealth Games in New Zealand. Then I turned pro, and the rest is history. You know, just so I'm a big believer. You only get out what you put into something. I put everything into it. You know, starting from a late age. So that's how that's how I started. Boxing legend Shane Cameron. Yeah, so many great stories out there, and we're, and, and across the course of the year, each week we we spoke to various legends, and yeah, there've been some amazing, amazing stories. Uh, and all those interviews are up on. Online on our iHeartRadio page too. Just search up the Country Sport Breakfast on the app or uh, the website and you can sit back and listen to them. More recently, we had a great chat with uh, Dame Susan DeVoy. Had lots and lots of people there. On uh, on Gold Sport, this is the Country Sport Breakfast. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems. Or a but. I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.